Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Secret Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality and question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, and on tonight's show, what is going on in space? There has been some interesting developments over the past week. We had a massive UFO sighting over Turkey. It was the number one trending tweet on Twitter for uh, a few hours before it was actually shut down. We had a, another sighting uh, in Canada. So we get into some of that and, and what it could mean for us right now. I've been covering some of these stories um, you know, as the past uh, few months have gone on with some of the WikiLeaks and stuff. So I'm going to talk about this. Some really interesting and exciting developments. As I say all the time, my goal is to kind of push our understanding of reality and who we are in a relationship to the universe. And I have some really good um, evidence and some uh, some testimony from credible witnesses as well that I'm going to get into in a little bit, talking about this event that's going on in the world around us. But first, I'd like to direct our attention over to serviceofchange.com in a second if my screen will load. Forgive me, I'm doing a live show, and once in a while we have the technical difficulties, but there's lots of good resources here. Uh, just a total archive of all the uh, past podcasts. Every podcast has show notes if you want to do your own research. If some of the things that I say, you might go, hey, Dennis, you sound absolutely crazy. What the heck are you talking about this time? Uh, I invite you to go check out these resources at serviceofchange.com. They all have the links where you can start doing your own research, research and that is what I encourage of all of you out there, because like I said, I'm going to say some things that may challenge your comfort level sometimes. And I think that's a good thing because we're continually trying to solve the world's problems with the same thought processes, the same paradigms, the same understandings of the world. And they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Let's start looking in a different direction and understand that there is uh, more to us than we realize and more going on in this world and this universe than we realize. So my goal is to challenge that understanding and be sure to sign up for the free weekly newsletter that goes out that's the best way to get this information sent right to your inbox those watching the live feed can just get a sample right here links to the show you have a summary of each week's show coming out there some personal notes for me and some other things that are going on 
But so let's jump into the news right now. I got a couple stories that I want to talk about real quick before I jump into the meat and potatoes of this uh, of this episode tonight. I just came across this. My phone actually shut down on me as I was getting ready to go live. I had uh, one of those technology glitch moments. It says, "Would you like to update your you know operating system on your iPhone?" And uh, I thought I hit no, but I hit yes. So 20 minutes later, everything's ready to go. So as I was surfing through the internet, waiting for this to uh, to load up. I came across this, uh, the relation of toxoplasma, infection, and sexual attraction to fear, danger, pain, and submissiveness through evolutionary psychology. This was a uh, study that was done. This caught my attention. If you've been following my work, uh, the current book I'm writing, I Am Human, Food for the Archons, the previous shows that I've done, I'm trying to, to demonstrate that human behavior is is easily manipulated and is being done on a massive scale, not just by technology, not just by people, but by nature. And I have a lot of research on that. And the toxoplasma, it's actually an amoeba that is found in cat feces. And this amoeba in rats has, has shown basically rats will get infected with this amoeba and ultimately end up committing suicide by exposing themselves to cats and being drawn to the smell of cat urine in order for the cat to then eat this rat and then the life cycle of the amoeba will continue. Well, this also affects human beings. It's been linked to schizophrenia and other uh, eccentric and uh, dangerous behavior um, and risk-taking behavior. And now they're finding a correlation uh, basically between risk-taking and sexual activity. So I just thought that was interesting. It just further um, demonstrates, you know, are, are we? how do we know when we're in control of our own behavior and our own thoughts? And that's always a theme of something that I'm talking about on this show that I'm trying to, to make us be mindful of is that we need to be aware that there are things out there that have an influence on our own behavior, our own thoughts, because if we can be aware of it, we can start to recognize our triggers. We can start to recognize when, hey, this doesn't really feel like me or sound like me and start putting in interventions because we're seeing a lot of insanity in the world today. My goal is to get us to pause for a minute, take a look inside and start to recognize what's us and what is the influence that's having an impact on who we are. So this will be linked up in the show notes. Again, sign up for the newsletter. That's the best way to get all these sources uh, that'll come out You know, uh, this Saturday or Sunday. Moving over to uh, a story that's out of Reuters. It's everywhere, but I've been following the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. U.S. veterans to arrive at the pipeline protest camp in North Dakota. We're already seeing them showing up in large numbers here. Um, they started arriving today at a camp to join thousands of activists braving snow and freezing temperatures uh, on that pipeline. Now, um, you know, this article gives kind of a summary of what's going on, but it also mentions that the the local veterans organizations, I think there's five organizations uh, within North Dakota, are are against this um, massing of troops on this uh, on this front lines here in North Dakota. They're saying we respect all Americans' First Amendment right to peacefully protest, and we hope that local and federal officials continue to give support. I'm sorry, this is what Trump's campaign is saying to local law enforcement, so they are able to continue to protect these protesters. So that's that's Trump saying, hey. We respect your right to uh, free speech, but we want to support everybody, uh, you know, on the law enforcement side as well. And here we are with the, uh, you know, the local VA. They're saying, we agree there's our constitutional right to assemble and peacefully protest. Council President Russ Stabler told reporters at the West Fargo VFW Post 7564 building. However, protests over the last 100 plus days in North Dakota have been less than peaceful. Participating in this kind of assembly, even as a peaceful bystander or participant, will only mar the image of the North Dakota veterans and the veterans of our nation. He added as he stood surrounded by a dozen veterans from the region. 
I have to disagree with this one here. Uh, you know, I commend those veterans that are going to stand the line with the people in North Dakota. Now, if you have information that's contrary to what's being put out there, because this is most of this has been covered by the alternative media, you know, and I, I always say there's three sides to every story. But from what I'm seeing right here is you have an oil company that's basically bullying these people off the land. Haven't the Native Americans suffered enough in this world, uh, you know, in, in the last 500 years? Um, now they're trying to put this oil pipeline, running it through their land, running it under one of their um, reservoirs. But I was talking about the, uh, you know, the North Dakota pipeline protests and how Native Americans are being continually discriminated against for standing up for this water. And I commend the veterans that are out there holding the line with them. Uh, something else that, that's really a great um, idea and opportunity, what we're seeing here with these protests, is now people are starting to boycott the banks that are funding these protests. And I say that's true revolution right there. They're going after the money. They're going after the source of their funding. And I think that's a fantastic thing. Um, again, those of you that are just joining, my apologies. My feed just got cut off. But I had this all recorded, and it'll be released in the podcast this Saturday. So sign up for the newsletter. You can get that alert as well. But anyway, these veterans are out there. We're going to have over 2,000 that are going to be there, I think, by the end of the weekend, uh, holding the line there uh, in support of the, um, you know, the Sioux people trying to protect, you know, the um, the pipeline out there. It's really frustrating for me because, I, you know, I, I know that we have alternatives out there to the oil. We have such an addiction to oil and such a fear that if we move away from oil, you know, the economy is going to collapse. Well, there are ways that we can rise above this and move beyond this and do better without oil or with a less dependency on oil. Quick side note, I just saw that they're they're making some moves here uh, that's going to start the price of oil going up. They're going to be producing less oil uh, in the Middle East, and I think that's going to drive our prices up. So another reason for us to just cut our dependency with oil and start investing in those alternative energies. All right, let me jump into the bulk of the show. I know this is a challenge for some of us that are out there talking about unidentified flying objects. And if it's something that is just out of your comfort zone, at a bare minimum, this show should at least be entertaining for you. For those of you that have an interest in this, I'm going to give out a lot of really good resources and, and hopefully connect a lot of dots out there of what's going on. Um, you know, So I want you to make your own conclusions. But we had some sightings that I think are of significant interest that we need to pay attention to. Again, because I say there's more to us than we realize. There is more going on in this world than we realize. So uh, one of the websites that I like to check regularly is Unknown Country. That's Whitley Strieber's website. And it came out this past Monday, the 28th. Regional Canadian airliner dodges UFO over Lake Ontario. While on approach to Toronto's Billy Bishop Airport in the early morning of November 14th, the crew of Porter Airlines Dash 8-400 turboprop encountered an unknown object that required them to perform evasive maneuvers to avoid colliding with it. At first, it assumed to be a balloon. The encounter was later blamed on a rogue UAV, unmanned aerial vehicle. However, as details of the incident are uncovered, it seems less likely that the strange object was a conventional aircraft. Uh, it goes in to talk about when they first noticed it, uh, about five to eight feet in diameter, I'm summarizing here, and shaped like an upright donut. It was directly ahead of them, uh, and it appeared there was no relative movement, and the object came rapidly closer to the aircraft. Uh, the captain had to disengage the autopilot and perform an emergency drive to avoid hitting the object. The craft's two flight attendants sustained minor injuries in the maneuver. However, none of the 54 passengers on board were hurt during the incident. The crew safely landed the plane at the airport roughly 11 minutes later. 
while the crew initially assumed the object was a balloon, Canada's Transportation Safety Board reported that it was likely a rogue unmanned aerial vehicle. However, the location of the object at an altitude of roughly 9,000 feet and 23 kilometers, which is 12 miles offshore, prompted investigators to reconsider this assessment. So attempts to identify what type of UAV the object was only confused the matter. TSB spokesman Chris Kropesky explains that the description and size of the object does not match any known commercial or consumer unmanned aerial vehicle or UAV. The occurrence location, which is 10 miles from the shore at 8,300 feet, is beyond the range and capabilities of most commercial and consumer level UAVs. So they don't know what this object was, but it was something that we can't identify. Now, I want to make something clear as I go about this show. I'm talking about UFOs. At this point, simply an unidentified flying object. Let's not always automatically assume that UFO means alien. Now, when somebody says alien, people start looking at you like you're crazy. Uh, Again, I ask that you keep an open mind. I'm not discussing aliens at this point. We have an unmanned craft, an unidentified object out there that uh, caused some confusion for people. Speaking of which, I'm going to let this YouTube video play uh, as I speak here. Let me make sure that my sound is off so it's not distorting me. Um, But this past, on November 27th, the other night, there was a massive UFO sighting over Turkey. This video comes from us from a a YouTube channel called Blast A. I'll have the links to this video in the show notes. But they were, the, the hashtag UFO attack over Turkey was the number one trending tweet online for a period of time that evening. What's bizarre is that within a few hours, those tweets started disappearing off of Twitter. Photos, images, videos started to be taken down. So now only a few of them have survived. But it sounds like there was some type of mass sighting of lights in the sky, of UFOs in the sky, but the evidence of that has rapidly disappeared off of the internet. But those of us that watched it live, we saw it. We saw the tweets. We saw the images. I wish I would have grabbed them when I was, you know, watching this thing go down. But the, you know, they're very difficult to find at this point in time. A lot of it's been taken down. The question is, why? What happened? Why is there a seemingly some type of a cover-up of this stuff uh, that seems to be going on? And I want to talk about that in a little bit more detail uh, with some other stuff that came out from uh, another researcher by the name of Dr. Stephen Greer. But before I get to that, I want to try and connect some dots here. And I know I had some people kind of looking at me like I was crazy uh, a few weeks back, and that's fine with me. Uh, you know. And I'll take a step back here, and as I've said several times, I've seen so many things in my life that I can't explain uh, that would be considered supernatural or paranormal. And I kept quiet about it for most of my life because I was afraid of being teased. I was afraid of being ridiculed. And then when my father passed away, as my father was passing away, a lot of weird things started happening that, you know, I go into more detail in my book. I talk about it more in other shows. My point being, with what I've seen in this world, number one, professionally, as a soldier, as a police officer, as a teacher in the inner city, there's a lot of suffering in this world, and that doesn't make sense to me. Combine that with some of the supernatural and paranormal things that I've experienced, and that I've been able to corroborate with research and you know testimony from other people, I decided I don't care if 
people look at me funny anymore. I don't care if somebody's going to tease me or shut me down. I'm going to talk about it because I want to understand and I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. So I ask that if you have an interest in this or if you have never thought of this before, keep an open mind. I have the links available through my website so you can do your own research. And I got all excited a few weeks back, you know, during the election, during the campaign, because with the WikiLeaks disclosures, we had high-level officials being linked to asking these same questions. You can do a simple search for Hillary Clinton and hear her and her husband, Bill, how they, how they have inquired into the UFO phenomenon and what's going on, trying to access these files. And what came out in the WikiLeaks, and I did a comprehensive analysis over two podcasts, we're looking at one of them right now for those watching the live feed, was a breakdown of these emails that came out, uh, you know, that were hacked through uh, Podesta, John Podesta, who was the campaign chair, um, campaign chairman for the Clinton campaign. Now, these emails seem to be one-sided, but they were from, you know, Apollo astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who was trying to arrange a meeting with Podesta. Now, from what I can understand in the research that I've come across and, and what has since come out, this meeting doesn't seem to have happened. Um, Edgar Mitchell passed away before he was able to meet with Podesta, but they were meeting with you know, one of his staffers or they were emailing one of his staffers trying to coordinate this meeting because Podesta has expressed an interest in uncovering and understanding more about what's going on with the UFO phenomenon. Now, what Mitchell was claiming was that there were extraterrestrial intelligences that had an interest in Earth, had an interest in working with, um, uh, had an interest in working with, uh, f excuse my uh, confusion here, I'm trying to remember everything that was going on, had an interest in working with people to bring about zero point energy on the planet Earth. But according to Edgar Mitchell, these other intelligences did not want to do that if we were going to weaponize space. And that's important in a minute, which I'm going to get into at later on in this show about the weaponization of space in an official capacity. So we had this going back and forth, um, you know, them talking about it. So I want to draw your attention to that. I want you to keep that in mind because what was also tied into the Podesta emails was Tom DeLonge, who is you know the former uh, member of the band Blink-182, has a strong interest in UFOs. He's working on a project right now tying in high-level military officials disclosing their knowledge of UFO activity. So these are people in high-level positions that are putting information together about UFO activity out there. Uh, and now, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just jumping back, looking at my live feed here um, from Phil. He's asking if there were any video of the turkey incidents or just photos. I think there was some video, Phil. I'll have to look for it and get back to you on that one. So, um, But thanks for asking that question. I'll see what I can find for you. Uh, I think I do have that somewhere. So I'll get that up uh, as soon as I'm done the show. I'll see what I can pull for you. But back to what's going on here with, um, you know, with Podesta emails and, and um, all these high-level figures, there is an interest in understanding what this is. And in my shows, I spoke about, if, if anybody's familiar with, uh, with Bill Cooper and the work that he did, the work that he did, uh, you know, he was a controversial guy. He was a, you know, uh, I, I guess pre-Alex Jones, he was one of the first to go on the air and start really inspiring people to fight for their own freedoms and to become educated, to become aware, to do their research. And he talked about the UFO phenomenon. He claims to have been a, you know, a, a military intelligence officer that saw the, the UFO files. And what was interesting about 
um, Bill Cooper, who was, you know, he was he was killed by a, uh, I think a deputy sheriff trying to serve an arrest warrant on him. But one of the things that he said was that there was a coup that was planning to stage a UFO event to unite the world and instill their own basically brand of government control. Um, and and when, you, when I heard it years ago, I said, that sounds crazy. But now I'm hearing that come up again and again and again. I'm going to go in and talk about what Stephen Greer just said. And Stephen Greer is a researcher who has uh, a lot of credible sources behind him. And in the next slide, I'm going to show you the list of the um, credible sources and witnesses that have testified in congressional level hearings, not official congressional level hearings, but when he did was called the Disclosure Project. I'm going to give you a list of some of those people who provided testimony about what they've witnessed. But my point is there's talk that there could be something staged acting as a UFO to unite people in the world, kind of like an Independence Day. Oh, the aliens are here. Let's all unite and stand together and put our differences aside. And that's something that I want us to also be thinking about in this subject here. Now, one of the things they talk about is the technology. And I've covered this in my show uh, and I'm going to jump ahead than where I wanted to go, but I, I have a list here again of technology that we have patents for. And if you look here, if you're watching the live feed, I have the links here for the U.S. patents. And these are only two of them. I found over a dozen. I just haven't gone through all of them yet. But U.S. patents that are able to influence uh, your central nervous system. They're able to influence human behavior. Now, you couple that with, a minute ago I spoke about, I'll jump back to it, the amoeba here that has the ability to influence human behavior and the behavior of rats. My point is, I've compiled a lot of research in my upcoming book talking about how easy it is to influence and manipulate human behavior. Now, this technology could be coming into play. That mass sighting over, over Turkey could have been some type of technology. We Now, if you've ever seen the video on YouTube of the shark jumping out of a basketball court and splashing, that looks real. If you've seen the videos of Tupac Shakur coming out on stage and performing, they have this hologram technology right now. So that's just something I want us to be mindful of. I'm not saying there's no such thing as a UFO. What I'm saying is it's something to think about now. And this is what Dr. Greer was talking about, saying be mindful that there is this deceptive technology out there. And again, right here are the links for it. Uh, I'll click on it. You can see it yourself. Um, for some of this manipu mind manipulation, central nervous system manipulation type of technology. Now, let me jump into the disclosure project from, uh, this is what Dr. Stephen Greer has been talking, on, talking about. And what his goal was, was to get credible witnesses to talk about what they observed in regards to UFOs and what they know. So I'm just going to read some of the names and their credentials. People who have testified saying, yes, we have information about UFOs. I have witnessed this. I've seen cover-ups. I've seen craft. Um, so we have Mercury and Gemini astronaut Colonel Gordon Cooper. FAA Division Chief of Accidents and Investigations, John Callahan, former Chief of Defense, British Royal Navy, Admiral Lord Hill Norton, former Director of CIA, Vice Admiral R.H. Hillencoder, U.S. Navy Pilot Lieutenant Frederick Fox, Marine Corps Corporal Jonathan Wagant, 
forgive me if I'm pronouncing these wrong, U.S. Air Force FAA Captain Robert Salas, U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Professor Robert Jacobs, uh, let's see, Russian Air Force Space Communications Center General Vasily, I, I can't even pronounce that last name, I'm not going to try, U.S. Army General Stephen Lavakin, U.S. Air Force Aerospace Illustrator Mark McCandlish, U.S. Marine Corps Captain Bill Uhaus, U.S. Air Force NRO Operative Sergeant Dan Morris, U.S. Air Force Colonel Charles Brown, U.S. Army Ph.D. in Nuclear Engineering Colonel Thomas E. Burden. Okay, so there's several people with pretty strong backgrounds here that have been testifying that, yes, there is UFOs out there. They are being covered up and we need to be aware of it. So if you haven't checked it out, I'll have the links up at serviceofchange.com in the show notes. Again, subscribe to that newsletter and uh, you'll get access to see those show notes. You'll get access to my free ebook as well. And, uh, you know, you can start your own research. I'm not asking you to believe me from what I'm saying right now. I'm asking you to do your own research and prove me wrong, prove me right, point me in a different direction because there is good information out there that I think that we need to be mindful of and we need to be checking out. So with Stephen Greer of the Disclosure Project was talking about this week, I came across his video. And again, I'm going to be honest. For me, even though I'm very open to this stuff, I'm very interested in this stuff, I feel like Fox Mulder, I want to believe. I believe the truth is out there. That's how I feel. I, I just want to believe so badly. Some of the stuff that he's saying even has me scratching my head saying, all right, this guy sounds kind of crazy. But I can't deny that some of the things he was saying are connecting dots to other things that I have researched. And not in the sense of this is just an echo chamber. He's, he's giving corroborating information, not repeating the same information. He talked about the use of technology that's, that is in play and that can be in play to influence human behavior, even human thought. And I've talked about this in other shows. And again, I can't stress it enough. Check out my resources that I have here talking about the electromagnetic field and the that's generated through the human heart that has an impact on human emotion and human behavior. If it's just an electromagnetic field, we can we can measure that. We can identify that. We can manipulate that. We can generate technology that will basically transmit that exact data that will have an impact on us because we interact with that every single day. So we've got all this information out here. We've got, you know, UFOs being cited. We've got people testifying in official capacities that, yes, they do exist. Yes, there is a cover-up. We've got Stephen Greer. We've got Bill Cooper and some others that are out there saying, be careful if you have this mass sighting because it might be a hoax. Now look at the world. We're in a state of chaos again. It seems like the world's about to implode on itself once again because everybody's fighting. Would it not be the perfect time for somebody to say, hey, let's have this mass sighting and unite everybody together? I don't know. But is that a possibility? Yeah, it would be great. You know, Ronald Reagan even said it. You know, if we had one, if, you know, the world had a, a common enemy, a threat from outer space, how quickly the world would put our differences aside. But we need to be mindful that there may be some more manipulation at hand coming from, this is just the patent list for those of you watching the live feed here, um, coming from outer space, it would unite everybody in the world. So with that in mind, again, a little bit more credibility here. The other day, as I'm thinking about all this stuff, I, I checked CNN and the picture that they had, the, the headlines that they had on CNN, I'm going to put the graphic on the screen right here. What would a war in space look like? Now, this is a mainstream news site. And again, I'm not saying they're the most credible, especially after this election. We know that they're slanted and they're biased. 
But my point is this is out there. You have the Ancient Aliens TV show that came out on the History Channel, which is a mainstream channel. I always wondered about that. Why, when we've denied it so much, when it's been officially denied so much, why has it suddenly come out on the History Channel talking about this stuff? So... It's out there. The U.S. now, the CNN is now talking about what would a war in space look like. The U.S. military prepares for a war in space. It's talking about the different weapons that would be developed. Now, let me make myself clear. This here is not about a war with aliens. It's not about a war with UFOs. I want to be clear about that, what these articles were. I don't want to mislead you. I don't want to misguide you. That doesn't mean there's not a hidden agenda back there if this stuff is real, if there really are UFOs that are out there, which, in my opinion, in my research, that's already been proven. That stuff is out there. That stuff has been shown. And again, you'll have the resources by Saturday in the show notes and in the uh, the newsletter that's going to come out where you can do your own homework and see that out there. But what this is talking about here is how, yes, there are absolute plans to weaponize space. Why? Because the enemy seems to be doing it, or who we say is our enemy, Russia, China. If they attack our satellites, they can shut everything down. But in addition to that, some of the weapons we have out there, they're looking to put up their, uh, they were talking about satellites that can hijack other satellites, satellites that can take Uh, other satellites out, satellites that can shoot lasers down to Earth and hit targets. So it's something that I think we need to be mindful of, that this stuff is actually happening. Um, Again, you can draw your own conclusions there. You can read between the lines. Is there something deeper going on that we're not being told? Now, one more thing that I found interesting and relevant comes out of the Daily Mail um, from the UK as soon as my screen loads here, but Russia is developing a mega rocket to transport supplies to build a base on the moon, the deputy prime minister revealed. And I find that interesting as well, that Russia is also looking to get up there in space and build a, I mean, to me, that's futuristic stuff. As a kid, we used to see movies about this, we used to think about this, and we used to wonder, you know, is this ever going to happen? That time is now. President Obama said recently that he wants to have people, a manned mission to Mars by the 2030s, which is fantastic. But what's really going on here? I guess the question is, are we alone in the universe? Why are we right racing to get to space? Is it strictly for exploration or is there something else going on there? I know I've kind of been bouncing all over the place here uh, just because I had a lot of information that I wanted to cover that I wanted to get to and uh, you know some technical difficulties in the middle of this as well. But this show is, is being recorded. If you want to catch the full show, if you're just jumping in at the, towards the tail end of it, it will be released this Saturday. It's on SoundClouds. It's on iTunes. And again, at serviceofchange.com, you can get it as well. Um, the best way, subscribe to that secret newsletter where you'll get you know the summary each week sent to your inbox and the links that you need to go to listen to the show and to check the show notes. I, I highly uh, recommend it and you'll get my free ebook as well. So that's pretty much all the time I have right now for this episode of The Secret Podcast. I hope I gave you something to think about. Uh, I hope you gave you a starting point or a, a jumping off point to do a little bit more research uh, as to what is going on in the skies above us. I want us to be mindful of our own thoughts, our own behavior, and again, be aware 
of how easy it is to be influenced and manipulated. The technology that I talk, talked about the, uh, and, and shared with you tonight and in previous episodes, this one was you know the mind control episode I did, there's patented technology where they can run through your TV by simply manipulating that electromagnetic field to influence your behavior. That's something that I keep coming back to because I want us to be aware of it. Because when we're aware of it, we can counteract it. We can take those countermeasures. So be mindful of that. Uh, one more thing I want to draw our attention to, my uh, my good friend Ray Davis, he wrote an article back in 2014, but just recently shared it, talking about, you know, it's called Debunkers Resort to Pulling on Human Pride in Battle with Ancient Alien Theory. Ray's always got some great stuff coming through his website, coming through his social media feeds, uh, you know, and his book, Anunnaki Awakening. But basically his article talks about how the the... The archaeology that we look at is so advanced that we would struggle, as of 2014 when this was written, we would struggle to be able to replicate some of the feats that they accomplished. If they were that technologically advanced in the past, is what Ray is saying, they kept these records saying that their gods or people from the sky came down and helped them build this stuff. So we acknowledge that they had this advanced technology to build these great structures, but we don't acknowledge that they were accurate in, in who built them, is, is what Ray is saying here. So I just want to read you know, his final two lines, two paragraphs here. He says, now I'm willing to go down this road that aliens didn't help and that was all mythology. If you're willing to admit that our adm- admirable ancestors possessed technology and know-how still a mystery to and beyond our capabilities today, logic indicates that one or two things, one of two things is true. Either our ancestors got help from where they say they got help, or we must acknowledge the existence of highly technologically advanced human civilizations in the distant past. And that's something I want us to think about. I'll get into that later. I've gotten into that in other shows. There is massive amounts of evidence that there was a high advanced society here on this planet that has been covered up, but there are fantastic resources out there that are listed, you know, through serviceofchange.com and my other shows talking about the past isn't what we've been taught in school. There was a high society. Now, is that ancient high society responsible for these UFO sightings that we're seeing today? I don't know, but it's something else to consider. It's something else to explore. So for those of you that have watched the live feed, thank you very much. For my listeners, uh, you know, on the weekly podcast, thank you so much. Check it out at serviceofchange.com. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Seekers.